Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast, and I'm Jim Ward, your host, CEO of BrainCell, the growth enablement company. I'm absolutely mad about helping businesses grow and scale. And in this podcast, my team and I get a chance to talk shop with industry thought leaders about a variety of growth enablement strategies, stories, and technology trends. I'm happy that you're here, so let's get the growth conversation started. Welcome, everybody. This is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of BrainCell, and this is the Growth Enablement Madness podcast. We have a guest today who's also a client of ours. We had an interesting discussion one day talking about her business, and I had an epiphany. So I invited her to be a guest on this podcast. Our company, as you may know, focuses on helping companies grow and scale. Sometimes we veer off of talking about technologies, or we veer off of talking with authors, and we find other topics that help you realize there's other ways to grow. So I'm going to introduce our guest, Heather Cox. Hi, Heather. Hi. Heather, the name of your company is what? Certify My Company. And let me just tell you a little bit about Heather, folks. Heather is a a tireless advocate for diversity. This is what I found very interesting as we spoke one day. She is the co-founder of Certify My Company, a seminar director, public speaker, and a marketer whose business venture is helping to make business world more closely resemble the real world. But away from her professional pursuits, Heather enjoys not relaxing with her husband and five small children. My God, (laughs) this former acro gymnast, tightrope walker and juggler knows just how to balance her hectic life with yoga and do-it-yourself projects and baking. Wow. A jogger? A juggler? Not a jogger, for sure. No, not a juggler. A juggler, but you'd have to be a juggler with with five small children. Exactly. I got that right. It was five. It wasn't a misprint. It was five, correct. Goodness gracious me, oh my. (laughs) Well, that's a big deal in of itself. So uh, you and I were talking about what you do as a business. And by the way, let me just stop and ask you, what does growth enablement mean to you? When you hear that phrase, what's it mean to you? So, I mean, for me, for us, it means like the helping companies grow and scale, right? So for the technology front, which is typically how it's talked about, right? So for us, it means how can we take a very manual process and automate as much of it as possible? Because what we do is very manual. It's a lot of people hours, a lot of human hours. So if we can automate some of that, any of that, take out like a follow-up email even, then that opens up time for them to do the work that they really need to do. Good. I mean, that's exactly what we... We preach, and certainly you and I have been talking about that. What I found interesting about your company, you're going to tell me more about your company now, was how you actually, what you do helps companies grow. So tell us a little bit about Certify My Company, and what was the motivation for starting the business? So I wish I had like this amazing story, like a story of like a Genesis story. I just don't. Really what happened was I was pregnant with baby number one, and I knew I had to work. And I knew that, you know, the corporate America was no so mommy friendly. So I just started asking women, and you know, I'm very shy, Jim. So it's very hard for me to like, I started asking them a bunch of questions. Like, you know, like, what does it look like to be an entrepreneur or an executive or what are all the other things that women were working as, whether they were part-time, full-time and over and over again, loved the entrepreneurs. They're just like everything about them. They just like resonated with me. And so I just started asking them more and more questions. And eventually a few of them would say to me, and this client wants me to get certified and I can't get it done. Now I'm thinking you run a $20 million company, a $10 million company, a 2 million, whatever it is, you can't do an application. 
application. Like it didn't make any sense to me why they couldn't do an application. So I went home and did a little research and it's very time intensive. It's very detail oriented. What something's called in Texas is not what it's called in New Jersey. It's not what it's called in California. So if you're trying to figure out looking for your articles of organization where you only have a certificate of formation in your company, in your state, well, now you're frustrated and that application goes on the pile of to-do in six weeks, six months, six years later, it's still not done. So I was like, I can do that for you. No idea. No idea what I was getting myself into, but I did it. And I figured I'm very resourceful. If there's one word I've used to describe myself, it's resourceful. So I was like, you know, I, I figured it out. And then they referred me to their person. And then they say, can you do the minority? And it went on and on. Originally, it was just women we were working with. And it just grew from there organically to now we have six employees in the company because there's so many people. Because so what we do is we facilitate diversity certifications and we can talk about what that means for entrepreneurs. Now, typically, most of our business comes from the Fortune 1000 who hire us to make sure everyone in their supply chain that should be certified is certified so they can report those statistics and metrics back to their stakeholders. And that the other 30% is entrepreneurs like yourself would hire us to do this process for them. Right. So what's the benefit? Why should I certify our company and whatever the certification is, what's the benefit? There's a payoff. That's what I had heard earlier. Oh, of course. The ROI is, first of all, there's zero downsides. There's no negative to being certified. So it okay. really comes down to the positive. Now, I can give you the benefits list. It's going to take us 42 minutes. So let me just give you the brief version of that, okay? So the first is access to opportunity. That's really what it comes down to. So often, diverse business owners don't have the same access as other entrepreneurs do for a multitude of reasons. So this is like a side door access, I often call it, where entrepreneurs are like knocking on the door. Hello, do business with me. Hello, I'm awesome. Hello, pay attention to me. And the corporations and other businesses are like, we don't want any. You're like, no, but if you would just spend five minutes with me, you know I'm awesome. And you would totally want to do business with me. And they're like, we don't want any. So this certification, this supplier diversity world gives you a side door where you have an advocate called a supplier diversity manager. And they bring you in the side door. Now, once you're in that door, you better sell like any other sale you ever do. But once, you, but you have access to get in there and actually have that conversation. Then if it's you and somebody else in the final stages of this opportunity in this beta contract, and they're like, oh, they're both so good. How are we ever going to choose? Ah, you're certified. That just tipped the scales in your favor. So that's the business development side. There's also the company development side, right? Because we have to grow as leaders. We have to grow as better business people. And when you're a certified diverse supplier, you can get scholarships to the top business school, which is Dartmouth Business School. You can get scholarships to UCLA and Kellogg's Business Schools for an executive MBA program that is completely paid for by these corporations who want to see you doing better. You also can get mentors. I was fortunate enough to take part in the Toyota mentorship program. My mentor was the CIO of Toyota North America. Like having her ear, her perspective to someone like me who sells to the Fortune 1000, that's an invaluable opportunity. Right, right. And, and there's so many more of those opportunities. So step me back for a second. You get certified and you come in the side door because you do have a certification in some form of diversity. Are certain size companies is required to do business with a diversified business? Can you tell me about that? That's an excellent question. And it really depends, right? So there are some states that do require that the larger organizations in their state use a certain percentage of diverse businesses, right? So Illinois has a lot of that. Texas has a lot of that. It's just a state by state specific. Is that government specific or does it also apply to private business? Well, so it does apply to private business in the sense like in Illinois, for example, right? We have a medical transportation company there that is required by the state of Illinois to use a certain amount of certified diverse suppliers. So, but they're a private company, but the state is making the requirement on them. Now, most private sector, most Fortune 1000 companies, most Fortune 100 companies, they do it because it makes them more money. No requirement. 
sometimes the other businesses, like let's say, for example, I'm just going to throw out names. So let's say like Merck Pharmaceutical uses AT&T for their cell phones in the business. They might require AT&T to report the spend back to them, right? So there is kind of like the within the whole world, they're requiring each other to have that spend. So are they getting a benefit in the back end somehow that makes the cost lower if they're hiring diverse businesses? Well, not the cost. I will say that time and time again, that diverse suppliers do show that they deliver better value overall. And there's multiple reasons for that, right? Maybe they help more responsibility for it because you like when I go out to a conference, my face is the face of the company, right? So like I have to perform. If they mess up, you know who, that's like you, right? If something happens in your company, who gets the phone call at the end of the day, right? Yeah, right. I'm going to give it to Sarah Reed. That's who I'm going to give it to. (laughs) So there's that part of it, but I'll give you an example. I'll give you like a, a tangible story that will help explain what I mean by making more money. So Walmart, prefer to them, they know that women control 83 to 85% of all consumer decisions in the US, okay? They also know that women control over $20 trillion of global spending, okay? That means that Walmart was like, how can I get more of that money in my pocket? Okay, now I'm paraphrasing, do not Google, how can I get more money in my pocket? It's not gonna show up. But they wanted to know if a customer went in there and they could find these things. So they asked their female customers, if you went into Walmart, went to one of our stores, and you could easily identify a shampoo, let's say, as women-owned, would you be more likely to buy it? So that's interesting. What percentage of women consumers said they'd be more likely to buy a product if they could easily identify it as women-owned? Didn't you say 83%? 90%. 90%. Wow. That's a lot of money. Let's say it's even two cents more per shampoo bottle. Right. That's a lot of money. So then the interesting part, though, is that everybody they asked assumed it was better quality when it was women-owned and women-produced. Uh-huh. Well, there was a lot more details, I can tell you that, around building the product, right? Exactly, exactly. So what qualifies then as a diverse business? So there's five main categories. There's women. We've talked a lot about women, right? So women. So I get this concept, by the way, now it's making sense. So I go into Walmart. I go into Walmart. I'm a female. If I can identify that that product was women-owned, I am more likely by almost 90% or more to buy the product because it's a diverse business, women-owned. Right. And, you know, people say to me, like, I don't shop like that. But in order to say that on the product requires certification. Correct. Because you can say, I can tell you I'm a black owned business and you can't tell me I'm not, right? That's the whole point of certification is it right. proof beyond a shadow of a doubt you are who you say you are. Right. So there's the women. And, you know, by the way, I was one of those people who was like, I don't shop like that. I'm smart. I'm savvy. I wouldn't shop just like that. Then I was at a conference and, you know, CLR, calcium lime rust, that silver bottle. It's like the cleaning. I don't. Okay. But it's an amazing product. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Well, in Nevada where I live, we have hard water. There's minerals everywhere. So you like, I soak my shower heads in it to get that lime and calcium off of it, right? Okay. It's women-owned. But hey, what about the coconut? What about the coconut? The lime. Put the lime on the coconut? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Continue. I'm like, the coconut. We're not talking, we're not beverages I yet. I don't know. I don't know what not happened. Not beverages yet, right? I don't know what happened to me. So she was talking and she said, our tagline is we get rid of yuck. Now at the time I only had three kids, but I was like, I have a lot of yuck in my house. I have three little, little, little kids at that point. And I bet I could use it because she's a woman and she uses it with her kid. Oh my goodness. This is exactly how the mind works. Right. right? That's exactly what happens. I was thinking I would never make that choice. But once I heard her talking about it, I'm like, oh, I totally see what the story is. Right. So there's the women. Then there's the ethnic minorities, which is black, Hispanic, Asian Indian, Asian Pacific, and Native okay. American. Okay. Then there's LGBT, which we have my pride earrings on today for pride month. It's pride right? month. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Um, I thought it was a CD. But anyways. <laughs> Just oh, had a, a, yeah, it was flashy, and I was thinking, was that a CD? Yeah. Uh, no, I love um, the earrings. I love yeah, the earrings. Yeah, see, you got to represent all the clients, right? So, so there's LGBTQ, and then there is veteran and service-disabled veteran. And the last is disability. Now, disability one is the most underknown 
right? And this is where my husband's like, stop asking people. I'll be in a bar and I'm like, you own a business. Do you have a disability? And he's always like, stop asking people weird questions. <laughs> but it's everything from, it's anything. You did it with me. I did it to you, right? And you said, what do you got? And I'm and like, like, I, uh, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, one in five US Americans has something, has a disability according to the ADA. Because what it means, it means if it's a condition or a diagnosis that you have, if you don't manage it, it would impact your ability to run your company. So that's everything from like glandular conditions, thyroid conditions, sleep apnea, ADHD, anxiety, depression, blood disorders, severe out. If you have to travel with an EpiPen, that is a disability. Because imagine if you don't, right? right what happens? Right, right, right. If you really yeah. pay attention. I've seen what happens when the hotel staff is like, there's no mushrooms in it. And then they blow up everywhere, right? So that is the five main categories of certification. Okay, that helps a lot. What are some of the common challenges diverse businesses owners face? So, I mean, other than the typical small business owner challenges, right? Just like access to capital, but diverse business owners have that even more access to capital. And I know like we like to say that it's not, but it really is. It's much harder to get access to investment dollars sometimes. You also don't always see mentors that look like you, that have done what you do to blaze the trail. And we hear it a lot lot of times, like I never saw anyone that looked like me doing what I'm doing. It does make it harder to kind of move forward with that. It's also some diverse categories are automatically, they do still have discrimination. Now, one of those is the disability, right? One of the reasons I got my company certified as a disability owned business, once I realized we were eligible is to kind of take away some of that taboo. We're very well known in the supplier diversity world. And, you know, people may not realize it. So I, Johnson and Johnson gave me a great story one time. They said their number, and this is in England, but their number one IT consultant is a man with on the autism spectrum who sits under his table. He works under his desk. Okay. And they said, I probably would have been like, that's kind of weird. Right. But he was introduced to the supplier diversity network. And so he's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like take off my bias that I probably didn't even realize I had. Right. And he said, and we cannot believe he's the best consultant we've ever had. Right. He sits under his desk. So it's a little, right. It's a little quirky, but that's what he does. But would he have an opportunity? He can't go to meetings like you and I can go to meetings. He can't do it. Okay, right. And so that person gets hired because of that? Not because of it. They get the opportunity to bid on it. I see. I see. There's no guarantees in this world. It's a tool. It is not a magic wand. Got it. Okay. And so what is the revenue impact of a supplier diversity? Is it about the program to like the corporations, for example? Yes. I mean, how does it impact revenue? Is there a revenue impact somehow? Oh, of course. I mean, they wouldn't do it just because bottom line, it's about the bottom line, right? So, so, you know, one statistic we throw out a lot is that companies with robust supplier diversity programs, and this is a Hackett group statistic, not a Heather statistic. They said that, you know, companies with robust supplier diversity programs have can boast 133% greater return on their investment into their supply chain. They get overall better value. So sometimes companies say, but small diverse businesses, they're a little more expensive. Okay. But are you just looking at dollars and cents or are you looking at value? Right. So I was at a conference not too long ago and Raul, who is the supplier diversity manager at Merck, he said at this very public conference that his diverse suppliers and his entire procurement team sees it, that they deliver better value overall. The like the check they write may not be less than the check, right? They're just pure dollars and cents. But when it comes down to what the overall value is, they find that diverse suppliers deliver more. And that is a cost savings right at the end of the day. And if you're not spending money, you're saving money. I find your business fascinating. So how do corporations go about finding and working with diverse businesses then? There's conferences. That's the number one way, right? Is that there is these great conferences for all the certification organizations that are out there. And I could spit a bunch of acronyms out at you, but like each of the demographics has 
Saying you're on a WBE is like saying I need a tissue. Is it which brand of tissue do you want? Do you want WeBank, which is the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, private sector? So I want State of Illinois, right? So it's different brands. So these different brands, if you will, have conferences. So I'm going next month, for example, to Orlando to the Disability In Conference. And there I'm going to be able to sit down face to face with all of these companies that are corporate members, everybody from Peloton to Johnson and Johnson to Facebook to you name it, these companies are going to look for qualified, capable, certified, diverse suppliers to work with. And you'll be there, for example? I will be there. And what will you do on the floor? What will you be doing to with meeting folks? Are you introducing yourself to Facebook? Are you? Oh, we already work with them. But. You already work with Facebook, okay. <laughs> but we will be introducing ourselves to seeing our current clients again, like how's it going with them, checking in, and also meeting new companies companies. For for example, we don't work with all of the companies that are there. Some of them have new goals. Some of them have new uh, requirements from above. You know, it's really usually a CEO down initiative or program. Sometimes it's states have these new requirements for them. So whatever it is, we want to make sure they know who we are and all the services that we offer. Right. And so we'll be doing that. My conferences are very chatty. I'm sure you're shocked. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm shocked. Yeah, shocked. We spend a lot of time just chit-chatting about life because it's really about the relationship I'm building with them. I'm not going to get a whole lot of business done at these conferences. There's no time. It's too many people. But I guarantee you they'll remember meeting me when I leave that conference. I guarantee you they will. (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, I was thinking about you sent me a lovely gift. And it's a woman-owned whiskey manufacturer, brewer, I don't know what you call that. Distiller uh, company, Distiller, yeah. and they're here in Boston. They I mean, are. I'm a Boston guy, right? But we need to give her or the company a shout out. What's the name yeah, of the company Rhonda again? Rhonda Coleman, Boston Harbor Distillery. Rhonda. Rhonda is amazing. You know why? This I became, this is why I became a big Rhonda fan. We were doing a, a talk kind of like this, and it was like, must have been 9.30 in the morning, and she's taking nips of whiskey. I'm like, we're best friends now. Anyone who just walks around with a, with a flask at 9.30 in the morning. What was the name of the company again? It's called Boston Harbor Distillery. Boston Harbor Distillery. Rhonda. Coleman. Call me. I, I would love to see the facility, Rhonda, and have a tour and have those sips of whiskey. By the way, I want to tell you that I had sips of that whiskey last night. And it is really smooth and light. It's not a heavy whiskey that I may not be a whiskey fan. I like bourbon. I like scotch, but whiskeys can be a little harsh. This did not have that feeling at all. It was big cube, delicious. So Rhonda, great job. If you would allow us to come in and visit, we'd love to come see your facility. Yeah, we'll definitely connect the two of you. That's your, by the way, Rhonda, you just got a free ad sponsor, which <laughs> is... Uh, you know, people kind of, have around here. Well, you know, we're sponsored by so many large organizations. That was free. Hey, one of my last questions I always like to ask business owners, as a founder and a business owner, what keeps you up at night, Heather? Well, this last week has been the children because they keep waking me up at night. But <laughs> typically business related, it's really how can I continue to scale the company? Because I have six people relying on me for their income, for their well-being and their families. And so that's really what it is, is how can I continue to create a company with a culture that everyone loves coming to? And thus far, like the team loves, we have a great relationship, all of us, even though we're across the country, but like, how can I continue to grow and scale and be as profitable as possible, right? And that's what we're we're talking about, right? Is be as profitable as possible so that I can continue to pay them and give them bonuses and, and make them be so excited to come to work. Yep. Well, in fact, we have a call next week, you and I, to talk about that. Talk exactly about that. uh, I'm hoping that we can help and provide some guidance on that growth and scale, but doing it in a way that is deliberate without putting your company at risk by overspending. You know, as you know, I built this business over 30 years. 
bootstrapped it, so no loans. So that's something you and I have in common, right? It's uh, it's I'm the tortoise, not the hare. I always like to say, and so it's a slow investment based on profitability. So we'll talk about that next week and how we can help you with that. And this has been a great conversation. So this is uh, Heather Cox, everybody. For all our listeners out there, Heather Cox at Certify My Company, and that is certifymycompany.com, certifymycompany.com. And you can reach Heather at Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, at certifymycompany.com. Did I get that right? That's perfect. And also the socials, all the socials. All the socials. And on the socials, are you, what socials? We're Certify My Co. We're Instagram, we're Certify oh, My Co. Okay. Facebook, we're Certify My Company. And LinkedIn, we're Certify My Co. Got you. And they would find you as Heather Cox on LinkedIn if they want to connect with you that way? Yeah, but Heather Cox is not such a unique name. There's quite a few of us out there. So I would do Certify My Company and then you'll find me that way. Okay. Well, this has been a great conversation because I think this, uh, this really represents where the world is today and that diversity is a very, very important topic. So I think you're doing something very noble while you're building a business and taking care of your family. And I'm happy to be here, part of your partnership and supporting you. Yes, we love it. Hey, thanks folks for listening today. This is Jim Ward again. You can find Growth Enablement Madness on uh, Spotify, iTunes. Is there iTunes still? I don't even know if there's an iTunes. There is. There's still All right. So all those places where you find podcasts, we're there. And look forward to our next podcast and, and you're listening. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. I also want to thank Divinio Podcast for this episode's production and distribution. Finally, thank you to Sam Ward for our musical introduction and outro. Be sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. New episodes are available monthly and cover all important topics for growing and scaling your business. Until next time, this is Jim Ward signing off. Let's grow.